Network Design Technique Modularity, Episode 72. Hey friends, this is a solo show, just me today, but I want to say this is also our Christmas show. So Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays from the Zigbits family to yours. Bad network designs do exist. I know it's crazy to think about, but they do. I want to make sure you are prepared when you encounter one of these bad network designs. So today I am going to highlight modularity. What does this mean? This is about the network design technique modularity. How can you use it? Why you should use it? And what the benefits are of it? And how to ensure success in every step of the way as you deal with these bad network designs. So enough of me just yapping here. Let's start the intro. Here we go. Welcome back, my friends, nerds, geeks, and Ziglets out there. We have another episode of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast, where Zigabytes are faster than gigabytes. We strive to provide real-world context around technology. What's up, everybody? I hope everyone is doing great. I hope you're having a great Christmas. Maybe you're taking a break out of Christmas, uh, a little time for yourself, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, to just listen to this podcast. And that's great. Don't feel obligated to, mind you. But if you're like me and you're an introvert, you do need that time to recharge. So make sure you're putting some time aside for yourself to recharge every day. Zig Ziga here, and welcome to episode 72 of the Zigbits Network Design Podcast. Again, my name is Zig Ziga. I'm here to help you with network engineering, network design, and network architectures. And one topic we have to cover is modularity. Modularity is a network design technique that every network designer needs to be able to leverage appropriately. Modularity is the concept of breaking design elements into functional blocks or pods. I personally like the concept of pods because it visually resonates with me. When I see a pod or a block on a diagram, it makes sense to me that that specific block is dedicated for a specific reason, whatever that reason might be. I like to picture Legos as a child building massive architectures one Lego at a time. Another part of modularity is to help isolate technologies and corresponding capabilities within that block. Think failure isolation. So let's talk about how do we put this into practice, you ask. Well, let's say we have a flat network with multiple campus locations. And what do I mean by flat? Let's, let's get some more details here. Let's say we have a local K-12 school district with three schools, an elementary school, a middle school, and a high school connecting all those three schools connecting to a district office where the internet connection resides. Each of these schools is also connected together in a full mesh to provide fast direct traffic between each school and the others. And let's call this school district just for the simplicity of this Gimmers Central School District. All right, so that's not a bad design. You know, that everyone's connected, everything's good to go. Now, because of a recent pandemic, <laughs> COVID, Gimmers is forced to merge with another local K-12 school. And this school district is called Bannon Central School District. And Bannon also has three schools. They have an elementary, a middle, and a high school. And they also have a district office. So four new locations that now have the Ganner connected. If we were to go to the process of doing a full mesh of these locations, this would be one very large convoluted network with enormous amount of fiber. I'm talking tons of fiber running from school to school. 
Now, of course, this is an extreme example of a situation where we're using full mesh and a ton of fiber to interconnect all of these locations together. If we do that math real quick, we're talking eight different locations, full mesh together. And you can do that math on how many links each of those would need to connect to the others. So one design option here is that that full mesh idea is not scalable. One design option would be to leverage the Gilmer's district office. Since it's the internet edge block, right? It's the internet location. It's where everyone's getting the internet access. Now we use that block as a central connectivity point for the entire merged school district. And if we do this, we would now have seven locations, three, three of the Gilmer's schools, right? And then three of the Bannon schools, plus the Bannon's district office, all connecting to the Gimmer's district office. All back to that Gilmer's, uh, Gil Gimmer's district office where the Internet Edge block resides. Now with this design option, the Gimmer's district office block is performing two roles. It's the first role is that it's the Internet Edge connectivity block. And the second role is that if it's a core block, think core like a fast IP routing connectivity. If the combined school districts now have an, a reason, a, a business reason or justification to add four additional school locations to this network design, this would be a design failure or problem. Now, to mitigate this situation, right, we have other options that we can leverage. And that's where we kind of get these, these modular blocks. We have design option two is what I would call it. Or we could have a dedicated core block. So we take away that core functionality from the from the Gimmer's district office. We actually create a dedicated core block. And now all of the other sites would connect into this dedicated core block, including the Internet Edge block from Gimmer's district office location. Now, from a scalability perspective, we could have some metrics and some performance key key requirements or kind of thresholds and when that core block hit at those limitations or those limits those metrics then we could simply add a second core block and we could interconnect those two core blocks together and that would call kind of a core architecture with within each pod block construct here if it's an access pod a core pod um, the internet edge block if you will there would be its own there would be their own layer two isolated boundaries all right, so that, that's the first thing. We would isolate layer two within each block at a minimum, if not further within that block. Then we would also have associated kind of layer three mechanisms employed within each of these blocks to limit the failure impact between the other blocks. So think of if you were going to do something massively scaled, you could have different BGP ASNs if you wanted to. You do private ASNs and, and do eBGP across the board. But I'm thinking like, you could even do something simpler with OSPF and multi-areas. Each, each, each building is its own area. The core block is area zero. And then you also could do area types to limit the flooding domain of the LSAs. There's a lot of options you can do here to limit the failure uh, boundary or the impact of a failure between block to block. Now, in addition, each pod or each block would have redundant devices and links as just a general rule of, for availability requirements. So we're not going to allow single points of failure here. Each block has redundancy built into it. That's how the idea. Um, so you'd have two routers or two switches or two links. Now, that doesn't mean you'd have dual. You'd, re you'd remove dual points of failure. Uh, this is just a generalized idea that you would remove single points of failure. Now, if we compare... 
the design we started with, where we had a full mesh of connectivity between the four locations at Gimmers originally, with the design we have now, where we have a core block, and we have 11 sites connected to that core block, the network design technique of modularity here provides some inherent flexibility, scalability, because now we can easily add a new core block. We can easily add a new internet edge, internet architecture block. We could add access blocks and campus blocks to this mix. And then if we had other requirements, we could easily add other blocks depending on the need of the, the, the school district. We could also do proper fault isolation that allows a network to function properly. What do I mean by fault isolation? It's so like I said a little bit ago that we have these layer two boundaries, right? We're saying, hey, each block is its own layer two boundary. So now we're not spanning, like a spanning tree, spanning, spanning tree. We're not spanning, spanning tree between these different school districts anymore. Uh, so if there's a broadcast storm, it is no longer going to affect everyone. It's only going to potentially affect the local school building or location now we could go further within each block and isolate layer two every step of the way you could do a layer three access architecture where you actually don't even span layer two outside of that access switch so that layer two broadcast potential issue is isolated to a physical switch now and it's not propagated even within the block so that's what we call Fault isolation, and we'll get into more of that in the future, but that's just an idea of what you can get with modularity and how you build the entire architecture in, in blocks to accomplish that task. So now here's here's the, the flip side of this, right? Now we can easily identify problems in the network because we have associated these fault boundaries within each pod we've designed. We can literally rule out the non-affected pods in a matter of seconds. And then we can find the couple of pods or the single pod where the issue is and resides, and we can resolve it quickly and effectively. With the modularity approach to network design, we can easily set performance factors and replicate each pod architecture, each block architecture as the network and more specifically as the business reaches these performance guidelines. So if we need a new core pod or a block, we can add it. If we need a new internet edge block, maybe we need more internet edge bandwidth or links, or maybe we need a bigger DMZ, we can add it. If we need a new access block, we can add it. This is repeatable. It's expandable. And even better, it's manageable. Hey friends, nerds, geeks, and ziglets, that's going to close out today's episode of the ZigBits Network Design Podcast, where we discuss the network design technique of modularity. Now keep in mind that modularity is one of our design techniques that we all should know. Now we'll have all the links, all the things mentioned uh, in the show today on our show notes page, and today's show notes page are going to be zigbits.tech slash 72. And I hope you and your family have a very Merry Christmas this year. This was a very quick Christmassy episode, right? Little technology, little design, but real quick, short and sweet, just to get you a kind of a time to, to disconnect if you need to disconnect. And if not, then I, I'm sure we'll see you in the year and in 2021. We all need some joy in our lives here in 2020. Just think, my friends, one week left and it's 2021. We're going to make it a little, little off topic, right? I think a lot of us never learned network design elements until later in our careers. And that's something for me. I didn't learn it until about 
10, 12 years into the career field here. And my goal is to fix that. You can check out all of my other free podcast episodes. Uh, that's zigbits.tech slash ZNDP. You can also follow the YouTube videos that I do. That's on zigbits.tech slash YouTube. Now, if you haven't heard yet, I am creating a network design course. Um, if you want to hear more about it than what I'm saying here, you can go to zigbits.tech slash network design, all one word. And yep, I am doing this. It's a real thing, and I'm super, super excited about it. This course is a vendor and certification agnostic network design course. So it's not tied to a vendor. It's not tied to a certification, though you could use it for a certification if you wanted to, right? You could you could learn a lot in this whole course, more than you probably could learn anywhere else um, for certifications. But the goal is to keep it vendor agnostic and certification agnostic. So my goal is to literally make you the best network designer you can be, no matter where you are in your career today. Now, you could be just starting out, uh, maybe getting out of high school, getting out of college, or you can be a 30-year seasoned network engineer, network designer, network architect. If you want to hear weekly status updates on where we are with this course, I send out a quick email every Friday um, just summarizing, you know, hey, this is what I did this week. This is what I'm shooting to do next week. And just to kind of keep everyone in the know and also keep myself accountable on what I'm shooting to do every single week moving forward until the course is launched in 2021. You can go to zigbits.tech slash network design to join that email list and you'll see all those updates on a constant basis. And again, if you don't want to, don't feel like you have to. Like this is just a thing I'm doing. Feel free to join it and keep yourself up to date on where I'm at in this process. Hey, if you didn't know, we also have a Zigbits community Discord server. Yes, we've done the thing. Uh, at one point, I was going to create a Zigbits Slack uh, server or group or channel, whatever we call it these days. Um, I played around with the Discord, and I love it. Uh, I, it's just amazing. So if, if you don't know what that is, you can easily go to zigbits.tech slash Discord. Join the Discord server. It's free. I'm there. If you want to come and hang out with us, you can hang out with me and the rest of the Ziglets out there. We have live discussions around network design and just technology discussions. So if you are interested, uh, here's that direct link again. It's zigbits.tech slash Discord. That's D-I-S-C-O-R-D if you don't know how to spell Discord. And uh, come on and say hi, and, and we can have some real-life conversations about design. We can talk about anything else you want to talk about. If you have any questions, comments, or just want to say hi, you can find Zigbits all the socials, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, by searching for Zigbits. You can also find me, Zig, on Twitter at Zig underscore Ziga. And of course, you can also email me at Zig at Zigbits.tech. Don't forget, my friends, to attack your goals. Attack the day. Make progress on the things you care about. As always, I appreciate you and I thank you for listening. Bye for now.